Welcome, welcome to the business of personal branding photography. My name is Paula Brennan and today I'm really excited to share with you a big step that I made in my business that has made a huge impact on the growth of my business and that is in hiring a retoucher. Now, I know everyone always talks about outsourcing and when's the right time to bring somebody in. So I thought what I would do is I would defrag all of that for you today and I'll go through my experience of it and just give you a few helpful tips on how you can go about avoiding some of the mistakes that I've made over the years. (laughs) Now I did interview my beautiful retoucher Talitha for this episode because I wanted to get her feedback and get her version of events. So I'm filtering this with both my experience and her experience of me hiring an in-house retoucher. Now I have obviously over the years, 22 years of working in photography, 20 of those years pretty much spent in the digital space. I have worked with lots of different ways of outsourcing retouching. So first, obviously, when it was available to me, because in the early days, there wasn't many companies doing it. But as soon as companies like Shoot.Edit and Photographers Edit came out, when I was in the wedding days, I was outsourcing my Lightroom editing to them. So that was great when I was doing batch Lightroom edits. But when it came to doing the portraits and I opened my portrait studio, I really needed to get someone to do high-end portrait retouching. And I found that I wanted to be able to have more intimate conversations with the retoucher than I could have in some of the larger companies. And so what I did was I went to a friend of mine who had a VA company. So she had a company offshore and she actually made a hire for me, which was fantastic. So she put the ad in and hired an offshore retoucher for me. And because of the nature of the relationship, I was able to give really, really good direction to this retoucher. And so what I did in that process was I created training videos and I showed them exactly what I wanted to see on the videos and I talked through the process and I recorded my screen. I was going back and forward in the first couple of months and I got this guy to a fantastic place and I was really, really happy with the standard of editing that he was doing. It was a little bit more expensive than perhaps having somebody work for me full time, but it worked for me at the time because I didn't have a huge amount of consistency in the work. There was enough coming through and I was giving them quite a lot. Sometimes my bill some weeks was massive, but then other weeks I wasn't shooting as much in the portrait space because I was still doing weddings at the time. Now, this kind of system worked quite well. Sometimes I wasn't as happy, but I was always very good at sending back the work because I learned early on, you know, sometimes I take the job and I edit it myself that night, re-edit it. And that just wasn't conducive to a happy Paula the next day on the shoot day. So I made sure early on to stop doing that. So if you're doing that right now with your retoucher, I know a lot of you are because in my group, in my, in my coaching group, lots of photographers tell me they end up just redoing it themselves. So I don't want you to do that if you can avoid it. Now, what happened then is that my friend, who was a very savvy business owner, she saw the potential in this market and she actually promoted this guy that I'd spent months training to a senior position and brought in another retoucher for him to train underneath him. 
And to be honest with you, at the time, it was a little bit of a punch in the gut because I had to go back to, to ground zero and retrain him myself all over again. No matter what the other guy was doing to train him underneath, it still wasn't to the quality that I wanted. And I found a very different relationship with this second editor because he was definitely looking at my clients through the male gaze. And a lot of his reshaping of the bodies of the women was definitely to promote what perhaps the male gaze wanted from the girls. And he was erasing a lot of their lines on their faces. And, you know, when sometimes people over smooth the skin and you end up with no facial lines or anything like that. So it kind of like set me back in terms of my workflows. And at this stage, I had gotten quite a lot of momentum and I was very busy working at quite a higher volume by the time we got to this point. And so really what I found was that I needed to hire somebody in-house, someone who was just for me. (laughs) I wanted her or just or him or her for myself. And so I decided that I had gotten to a stage where I could afford to bring somebody in, just afford, okay? So just afford to do it. But this for me was my first big full-time hire. I had never really hired somebody at this capacity before. Over the years, I had um, hired assistants who I wanted to do retouching. I did hired assistants who I wanted to do admin tasks for me. I'd had trainees come in. I'd had bookkeepers come in. But all of these guys were only part-time or casual or contractors. This was my first big full-time hire. And so for me, I decided to go to a professional employment site and I decided to place an ad. Now, if I was doing it today, I might go to somewhere like a Fiverr or something and try and find somebody who was local. For me, what also happened when I was hiring the VA offshore was things like times of the day with the time differences became a little bit frustrating. I wasn't their only client after a while. And so the turnaround times were sort of getting slower. And, you know, I was kind of like always last minute girl and wanted to get my stuff done in priority and so I and obviously the language barrier became a bit of an issue at times as well so for me it was really important that I got someone in locally and I actually wanted to bring somebody into my office I had the studio at the time there was office space and desk space for me to bring somebody in and I decided at the time it was best for me to have somebody to come into my space. Now, as I said, if I was hiring remotely, I'd probably go to a different website. But for me, I went to the company Seek in Australia and placed a professional ad. Now, I want to go through what I placed in the ad because I think that this is really important to what happened after this. So when I put this ad out, I asked for a senior creative who could do photo editing, graphic design and social media. So I wanted to obviously wrap in the social media and get some someone who had graphic design skills as well because it was really important to me that they might take some of that load off my own plate because I was doing all my own design stuff at the time. So in the list of main duties and responsibilities, I asked for them to do all post-production on the photos from shoot to delivery. I was looking for someone who could do design. So at the time, I was still pushing some wedding albums through and we had some design albums going through the portrait studio as well. I also wanted them to be able to do things like PDFs and design brochures and things like that for me. I wanted them to be able to have the design factor to be able to put together nice social media posts and landing pages for me. And I also wanted them to be able to do social media management of Instagram and Facebook because even though I was pretty good, some months when it got really, really busy, I was just losing 
losing momentum and I, I wasn't consistent on those platforms. So I wanted them to be able to do that as well. Now at the time as well, we were doing a lot of in-house printing. So I needed them to be able to do that part of the journey for me as well. And also manage the stock for everything related to the delivery of the portrait branding and wedding services that we were providing at the time. So there was quite a few duties and responsibilities, but in the ad, I really wanted to be very clear about what the role was. So I didn't want anyone to get annoyed at me or disgruntled if I asked them to print an eight by 10. Okay. It was really important to me. I didn't want them to, I wanted them to encompass all of those roles. So I laid it all out in the ad and I didn't want to have to go through people that weren't interested in that. Now for me, in terms of the skills and experience, I asked them to have intermediate to advanced Photoshop skills, Lightroom and InDesign. I also wanted them to be excellent with verbal and written communication because I didn't want someone who was going to be writing shorthand or annoying punctuation to me (laughs) in emails. It's just a bugbear of mine. So I put that into there and I wanted them to be able to communicate with clients in a nice kind of way. I also really wanted them to be organized and able to meet deadlines because as creatives, obviously, sometimes that can get in the way. For me personally, I could spend a minute or, you know, 10 hours on one imaging editing and I didn't want someone who was going to be flip-flopping. I wanted them to be quite decisive and organized and meeting those deadlines was really important for me. And the last thing I put on there was creative. I wanted them to be creative, obviously. So I wanted somebody to be able to give me creative input and banter with me on that level, I guess. Now, I did put some performance goals and KPIs on my list. That wasn't on the ad, but I did have them at the interview stage. So for me, the biggest one was completing the editing tasks on time, ensuring that the client images were edited to enhance the best in the subjects, but still maintain believability. Okay, so that was really important for me. I wanted somebody who knew the difference with that and had the taste to be able to make sure that could happen. And I also wanted them to design all marketing assets by due dates because we were running some pretty big marketing campaigns and I needed them to manage that themselves as well as manage the workflow to do with the client work as well. So that's what I kind of you know, put out there to the universe. Now, I'm going to be really honest with you. When I put this ad out, I put it out at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And the next morning, I had a few applications in. And over the next couple of days, a few of them dripped in. And I'm going to be honest with you, there was probably about four, what I would call really good qualified responses. And they were worth actually coming in for an interview. And there was a bunch of them who were just photographers (laughs) who wanted to work with me, but were not a good fit for the role. So they were obviously able to edit photographs, but their main reason for wanting to come and work with me was because they wanted to learn about photography. But I needed to be very clear about this because I had hired someone before who was like an assistant sort of trainee before, and I wanted her to be in this role, but she wanted to be on the floor taking photographs and I hadn't properly communicated that. So I really needed to be very strict with myself around this because there were some really lovely people that applied, but there was also a lot of part-time photographers. So I couldn't you know, compromise and and let them come work for me, even though it would have been fun. I didn't need another me. Okay, guys, I did not need another me. I already had one of those in my business. I needed to have someone who could fulfill things on deadlines and was task oriented and loved 
editing because at that stage I had really fallen out of editing. To give you a little bit of context, as the business was getting busier, as I said, I was outsourcing to the company over in the Philippines, but I was also still kind of doing a lot of the legwork myself. So I was still like compiling orders and getting things ready for clients to view and to do sales sessions and all of that kind of thing. Running down to Sydney, photographing weddings, coming back and I was still mostly doing the wedding culls and the wedding coloring myself because I was holding on to that control and doing the album design. So I needed to be able to hand over to someone who loved this stuff. But the next morning, something magic happened. The morning after I put out the application. So this was the first email that I got, okay? And it wasn't even a response through the ad company, I don't think. It was separate. So she'd actually found me and emailed me separately and also then responded through the Seek ad as well. But the start of the email said, I woke up with excitement this morning to see this position advertised and I just knew I had to apply and this is why. And dot, dot, dot. And she went on to list about how much this role was made for her. She was just finishing from doing a graphic design degree. She loved editing, like it was her happy place. And she just went on and on and on in this email about how much this role was meant for her. And I looked at the other applications, but I must admit this one obviously stood out to me. And I feel like energetically, I went looking for Talitha and I feel like Talitha found me. (laughs) It's been just a wonderful asset to have Talitha in my life, not only as a worker, but also she's become a friend of mine and I can trust her with everything. And so what I wanted to do was really talk about the early days of what worked and what didn't work and give you a little bit of advice if you're at that step where you're thinking about bringing somebody into your business. So whether you be doing this remotely or whether you're going to bring bringing somebody into your office space, whether it's on a part-time capacity or whether it's on a full-time capacity, I want to give you the honest ins and outs of what worked for us and what didn't. So let's talk about the early days about what worked first. Okay, so I believe that probably the most advantageous thing for us in the early days of our working relationship was that we were actually physically in the same location. So this made the communication between us really easy. There was nothing lost in translation with emails. There, nothing felt short or curt. I was able to clearly sort of articulate what I wanted and I was able to sit over Talitha's shoulder and guide her through. Now, she told me when I was asking her about this that this was actually the first time that she'd had a professional job in this capacity coming straight out of uni. So she was actually quite nervous about whether she was doing a good job. So having me sitting over her shoulder and being able to give her positive reinforcement on the fly, but also to just give constructive criticism and show her the way that I would like or prefer to do things was really, really helpful for her too. Now you must understand is that there's so many different ranges when it comes to things like colors and profiles and the way that you shape somebody's body or the way that you edit the blemishes on their skin and the way that you do it or the way that you'd like to see your work done is so personal to you. And so what you really need to do is have the time to be able to develop that with the person. Now, I know that in my head, (laughs) I had planned to give Talitha a lot more of my time and energy. And it was funny when we were talking about this because I said to her, I feel like I left you down because I wasn't able to give you as much time that I wanted. But she said, no, no, no. In between things, I was flitting in and out. So my office was centered between the makeup part of the studio and the other side of the studio. And so I was able to flit in and out and she could ask me quick questions on the fly. So that was so 
so helpful because it stopped all that backing and forwarding that I'd been doing before with recording videos or with trying to communicate step by step with writing emails, which can get a little bit frustrating. And sometimes, as I said, things can just get lost and people can pick things up a little bit differently. So I found that that was really helpful. My suggestion, if you can't be in the same space as somebody, would be to probably try and get on the phone with them and both have the image open at the same time so that that way they can ask you questions and you can answer questions on the fly and you're not typing long-winded emails that can just lose time And I would almost do it on a Zoom and get them working on the fly and get, you know, maybe illustrate and get them to ask you questions and and show things that way. Because I think that there's just too many ways that you can just lose so much time during those first couple of months of training with that toing and froing process. Now, another thing that Talitha said was really helpful for her was that she had access to training videos. So I had a whole suite of videos that I had created. I'd created for the VA. So I had those sitting there in the wings and I got her to watch a lot of those to see how I wanted her to do things. But we also had access to Sue Bryce's membership at the time as well, I think. And there was a few training videos on there. And she said she found those quite helpful because it helped her to learn the sort of like that quicker style of editing which was different to what she'd been doing before. So she learned a lot from that. And I think over the time I might've bought her a few courses as well that we could just sort of like, you know, learn the best practices and stuff. And Talitha is an avid studier. So she's always wanting to learn and to perfect her craft. So I'm really lucky with that because she's very invested in her own growth as an artist as well. So she does do that outside of work and she loves doing that. But I think you want to find someone like that, that, that is really interested in the growth, not only in themselves but also within your business and what can they bring to the party beyond just retouching alone. Now what worked in the early days is that I still culled and numbered and I also still did the Lightroom color corrections and slight adjustments at the start. Now letting go of full control was hard for me (laughs) so so I still did all of that and that meant that I just dropped the images into a Dropbox file and that they were ready for Talitha to edit the JPEGs and so that worked well for us for a while. I guess doing that I obviously was in control of that first roll of the colour. Also too in the early days I really was quite tight on the portrait sales, particularly on the on the number of images that I was showing. And because I had those intimate relationships with people, you know yourself, when you're culling photos, you know what they're going to like probably better than a stranger would. And so in that respect, I loved the cull process. And I spent a couple of rounds going through and making sure that the collection of images that I was going to show was really, really succinct. And then obviously getting that, getting them done in Lightroom when I was only sort of showing maybe between 40 and 80 photographs, it was a really quick Lightroom edit for me to push through. And then Talitha would work on the JPEGs afterwards. Now, something else that really worked for me, and I mean, this is something that you'd have to figure out for yourself, whether it's an asset for you and your business, but Talitha having graphic design skills was amazing for me because she was able to take over my branding aesthetic. She was able to take over the way that we looked on social media. And of course, I started looking more consistent and and good online (laughs) because I would wake up one day and want my color palette to be this. And then the next day it would be that. And Talitha's quite organized and disciplined. And she sort of over the years has, we've we've obviously changed and the brand has, has changed, but she tries to keep me within 
a certain brand aesthetic and a certain color palette. And so her having that graphic design skill was very helpful for me to be able to stay disciplined within that. She was also able to manage and edit the website pages, which was fantastic. So whenever I need website upgrades, she was able to manage that. And we have done a number of website builds through the time and she's been able to be an integral part of that. I'm still very much a part of that myself as well, but she's able to complement me in that. And also too, she's able to create things like PDF guides. So marketing assets help me with the campaigns and things like that. So her skill set has really helped me to be able to grow from a marketing perspective. And that was great for me in the early days. As I said, I was doing everything myself. And so for her to have those skill sets was a great advantage for me. Now, what didn't work in the early days and what hasn't worked over the years? Let me talk to you about that because there is lots. <laughs> there, was some, there has been some um, trip ups along the way. And again, whether you're hiring someone on a part-time, full-time, casual, contractor basis, it doesn't matter. You're going to hit some of these roadblocks. So hopefully me sharing them will be able to help you to avoid some of them. The first thing that really didn't work is that with the capacity for Talitha to work and do a lot of those things and those tasks for me, I was able to then use the time that I wasn't doing those tasks and I just filled my calendar with more bookings. My marketing was looking better. It was more organized. It was more consistent. And so then I just kept filling the calendar and I kept booking more and more and more. And what happened was that we hit burnout. I think it was 2017 and 2018 were my biggest years. And I think we're talking... 250 plus jobs each year and you do the math a lot and Talitha was editing most of those I was still doing a lot of the wedding stuff myself when we had a couple of weddings still coming through but she was managing everything else headshots branding portrait high-end retouching and what you need to know is that we pre-edit every single image that comes through our studio I don't do any sales on unedited files so you can imagine the abundance of images that poor Talitha got stacked with doing during the year. Um, We definitely hit burnout, all of us as a team. I had an admin assistant who was amazing as well. And I know that I burnt her out as well (laughs) with the capacity. I'm a bit of a machine and I've shared with you in earlier episodes how much I work. I'm a worker bee and I didn't have my clear boundaries in place and I didn't know how to say no. So definitely that doesn't work. I've learned over the years how to control my calendar a bit better. I'll talk about that in a bit, but definitely just because you can doesn't mean you should book more jobs. (laughs) What didn't work is that we couldn't necessarily communicate during the busier times either. So a lot of the time I would be shooting morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon, and then I'd probably not be in the office on my off days. And so there was not a lot of time where we were passing or connecting because I just didn't have time. And we tried to do some things like team meetings and stuff like that, but usually it was me that was falling off the discipline wheel there and not necessarily not showing up, but just finding ways to avoid the team meetings. And so we didn't get time to talk through stuff. There wasn't great ways that Talitha or or my admin assistant at the time, they couldn't necessarily sit down and talk to me about issues that they were having or uh, even ask me about specifics of the jobs. And so 
trying to get, you know, sometimes I would have specific things that the clients might have asked us to do during the photo shoot, but I didn't get a chance to communicate that to Talitha. And then she would have edited 50 photos and I forgot that they wanted to remove something out of whatever, you know, they wanted something taken off the t-shirt or I don't know, whatever it was, a tattoo removed or something like that. And so she could get really frustrated with me, fair enough, because I wasn't able to have the headspace, I guess, to communicate that kind of thing. Also, what didn't work for us was in time, me actually doing the colour and Lightroom and the colour corrections, that wasn't working. I was always running at last minute and this caused poor T a lot of stress. I'm very good at pulling stuff out at the last minute and it's not the way that she likes to work. And so that a lot of the time was causing her a lot of overwhelm and stress because I was sort of giving her jobs at the very last minute and she sometimes would run out of time to do the job in turn then, you know, getting disappointed clients or else she was having to work overtime. And she said this to me when I was asking her about this this podcast and she said that I always was working at night but she wasn't willing to because she was working on a salary and her job was nine to five and that was what she was expected to do. So she would turn off at five o'clock, whereas I would have kept going. But I know now that you can't expect people to work at the same pace that you would for your business. And it's not that sometimes she didn't pull in like overtime and stuff like that for me, but she just wasn't going to do it every single day. And I could, and I would, but it wasn't fair for me to think that of her. And I didn't expect her to do it, but I was always delivering her the jobs to edit in that last minute capacity. And it was kind of stressing her out, the poor thing. (laughs) Now, another thing that didn't work is at a certain time in the business, I did try to get T to take over doing admin. And that wasn't her job role from the beginning. And I shouldn't have done it. It just complicated things way further and it added further stress to her role. She already had enough on her plate and I shouldn't have done it, but I was trying to do it just at a certain time in the business and that wasn't fair. So what we need to do is make sure that when you're hiring somebody that, again, you're clear about what the role requires and you don't try and layer in any other tasks that are outside the scope of that job. Obviously, the job can grow and the role can mature and that's fine, but you need to have communication around that and not just kind of lump tasks on them and expect them to do all the things in the business that you would do just because you've got a person there to do it. You've got to keep it defined. Stay in the lane. (laughs) I have been doing breakthrough with Paula and oh my gosh, she knows her marketing. She knows how businesses should be marketed and I have learned so much from her and I just want to say that she is literally one of the most giving people I have ever worked with you know and and I love to train and I love to learn and she has literally been the best money I've spent you know learned so much but I have come away with strategies for my marketing um, and just how to give my business that that boost that it needs like it's it's at a comfortable place but just to take it to that next level. Now, something else that didn't go right for me, and this is on a this is totally on me, was that I didn't appropriately put aside for tax and for superannuation payments. So for those of you who are overseas, superannuation in Australia is like your 401k. So it's an extra contribution in Australia that an employer needs to make. And I wasn't adequately putting and stacking that away. I get money in the bank and I go, woohoo, I've got money in the bank. I'm going to go and buy something, spend it on marketing or take it out. 
and I wasn't actively putting enough money away. So at certain times, the cash flow of the business got a little bit stressful for me because I'd get a bill for, for super or for her tax and I hadn't adequately put away for it and that caused me a bit of a stress. So if you're going to hire someone, make sure you get your accountant to set up a separate account so that you've got the tax going in and you make sure that invoices are paid on time and all of that sort of stuff. T always got her wages, but it was just the, the tax aspect of things that sometimes tripped me up in the earlier days. Now, another thing that didn't work for me in general in this role, as I said earlier, is hiring photographers for this role because they will outgrow the role. Now, if you've got an assistant that you want to just get them to do some retouching tasks for you, all well and good, totally fine. What didn't work for me was hiring someone thinking that they would stay in that role when they were a photographer. They quickly wanted to move on. And so I would say to you that make sure you don't make that mistake. And what didn't work in time. Okay, so over time, what's happened for us, obviously, is I closed the studio. And so we went from working in a tight team environment where we could talk every day because the communication got better as I got better with time management. And then we went to remote working. And so what happened was that there was often months at a time where T was getting work and she wasn't necessarily feeling connected as part of the team. And I felt disconnected from her because I hadn't adequately set up any system for regular scheduled communication because I just didn't think I needed to because we'd always just worked near each other in the office. And so that didn't work because there started to become a bit of a disconnection And I would say that you want to make sure that that communication line always stays open. So let's have a look at flipping this around and look at what is actually working now. And I would say from working remotely, what we have done now is that we're actually having a team meeting every week. And so that way we can communicate back and forward what exactly is going on, which is fantastic. So if I've done some jobs the week before, I can say to T in that meeting, oh, such and such wants you to make sure that their flyaway hairs are gone. In that particular photo shoot, I want the images done cooler because that's the vibe that we were going for. Or on this particular shoot, can you leave in more of that and take out more of that? So I can sort of communicate all of that with her in those team meetings and it's made it really good so everything is super clear. Something that's working really well for us now is that she is managing everything from Cull to the final order being delivered to the backup. She manages all of that for me now. I am working currently in an online business model. You guys know this. I'm, well, not online, but online sales model. And so it means that I'm far removed from the sales process at all. What I love about this is that I'm detached from the outcome of the sale. So my clients obviously all pay up front and they've got inclusions up front. So I know that I'm well taken care of and that I've looked after myself. All of the financial needs are met from a business perspective. If my clients decide to add on any photos, which oftentimes they do, or if they want to add video or other elements that we can propose to them afterwards, then they can do that autonomously at home. And I'm not attached to the outcome of that. I'm totally happy if they take their included images or if they add extras. 
Removing myself from that process has been really helpful for me because I used to find that sometimes my self-esteem was attached to the outcome of the sales session and it could seriously impact the way that I felt about myself as a creative, as an artist, as a business person if the sales session didn't go exactly as I thought it might or hoped it might, if you know what I mean. You guys know what I mean. So it's been great for me to remove myself from that process. I was also the big chug in the wheel often with all of this, yeah? I wasn't getting... I'm not... A necessarily a naturally process driven person and so I was often the chug in the wheel that was holding this up so me giving the process over completely to a highly disciplined process orientated systems loving person has been fantastic because I know that the job gets done on time and delivered on time every step that she does she has a system and so removing me from the process completely has been fantastic now her having a process afterwards is a huge part of this obviously as well. So we have a, you know, I said we have the weekly meetings to check in. So she gets a summary of everything that's been done the week before and a task list of all of the jobs to do ahead of time. And then she gets a specific task list of what's due this week. So we do still set what I would call KPIs for accountability. So I know if I shot a job and it's a half day, I have certain expectations around how long I know it will take, but I'm also realistic as well. So I know I can say to Talitha, hey, look, that person's going to require a tiny little bit more work or this person's going to take a little bit less. And so we can adjust the due times for those jobs accordingly. But having that system in place for her to be able to follow is so helpful. And this is, you know, for me, like, you know, I talk a lot about systems and processes and automations and things. That process for outsourcing the retouching has been a series of refinement steps, but we have it down pat now. So the way Talitha shared it with me was that she loves having that checklist and she also then records every step as she's doing it as well. So she records that a certain step was taken on a specific day and something was sent or or whatever. So there's a real tight level of communication on the back end around what the process has been and how it's rolled out so that there's no kind of if buts and maybes or anything like that. So if anyone ever comes back to us, we can say exactly, hey, this was sent to you on a certain day and and we know when it's done and, and all of that kind of thing. So I think the documenting of each task has been really helpful. And we do this now through a project management software. So you've got things like Trello, Asana, Basecamp, all of these sorts of project management softwares. If you're using a CRM, which I highly advise that you do, a studio management one, it could be something like Studio Ninja, where you've got all of the workflows and the processes plugged into that process. And then you include, you add a user and you get your retoucher to be a user inside of that system. So that way you're not having to like, you know, duplicate and re do it around the place but you definitely need to have some sort of online communication for due dates and then that way you're not losing communication either through like text messaging or emailing or anything like that because that stuff can get lost you just want one place where everything gets discussed around a job and all the tasks for that job are contained within that one piece of software and that way you know that it's getting done now you could do it on a piece of paper too guys it doesn't need to be all digital I love the digital because I think that it just makes life super easy but you might prefer to go old school and do it on paper and you can definitely do that too 
Now, the only thing that Talitha needs to ask me now is sometimes is when I give her all of the files. So I'll download all of the raw files, hand them over to her on a hard drive, and now she needs to ask me who the people are. Sometimes she has trouble identifying who's who. But I've also allowed Talitha to be able to communicate directly with the clients as well. And that's really helped me to remove myself from the process because if they, the clients were communicating via email through me and they need something done and I'm having to go back to her, it's just another step. And if I'm out on a shoot week, it might not get done for a week. <laughs> you can't leave this stuff down to me. I can't trust me in the system. So removing me as much as we can, allowing her to communicate with the clients directly, then that's been a, like a game changer for us. Now I am really super controlled about my calendar too. I am really, 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 really very controlled. And you guys who've worked with me in the Breakthrough Mentoring Program or in the the Self-Guided Program, you know that one of the biggest things for me that's really important is that I not only respect my own time and my boundaries, but now it's also that of my team as well. Hey, I don't want to overload us. I don't want to end up in burnout. And I don't want to end up with disappointed clients who are not getting the images that they were promised on time. So what we need to make sure that in for myself is when I'm doing planning is that I'm controlling my calendar and I'm only letting a certain amount of certain types of shoots in each and every month because that as a team is all we can manage and I don't want to overload us. So we are very clear with our communication with the clients on what the expected turnaround times are for each of the products and that's communicated from the get-go. So I'm very, very clear. If somebody wants something turned around in a day, you have to go to a different photographer because that's not our process. And so that has also freed me up to be able to say no to certain clients whose expectations might be a little bit unrealistic. And all of my clients highly, highly respect the turnaround times that we promise and we come in. And if we are for whatever reason, sometimes things fall off, people can get sick, things like that. If that um, happens, we communicate that to the clients ahead of time and we ask for a grace period, And but we're realistic in telling them what the new due date is. So only in the last two years, I would say only a couple of times we've hit a bit of a brick wall and it's usually around Christmas because we find a lot of people will come in November wanting to get photo shoots so that they've got their photos ready for January. But obviously with Christmas and holidays and things like that, everything gets a little bit compacted. And I let that happen because we are going to be taking, you know, essentially a month's break after that. But Talitha knows that's coming and she works, you know, her little booty off to get the jobs out. But we have not hit that kind of like uber burnout phase for the last couple of years, ever since I got very disciplined about the calendar. Now, the last thing I want to say is that's really working for us is that we have managed to cultivate a good team environment within my studio. Now, when that was just me and T for a while, when it was just the two of us, I'd still take us out for lunch, you know, like every at least once a month I try and get us to go out for lunch so that we could have just a little bit of time outside of the office space so that we could connect. Obviously, as I mentioned, during those busier phases, it wasn't always happening and things you know, weren't going as well. But now I like to think that I've cultivated a really nice team environment where everybody can sort of like you know, catch up on a different level, I guess, and sort of, yeah, just have a friendship, (laughs) have community outside of just communicating about clients' to-do lists. 
So what I wanted to just wrap this up with is just a little bit of a basic list of what I think you might need to do if you're looking to outsource and go and hire this particular role. The first thing that I think you really need to do, which is what I talked about earlier, is to really clearly outline what your expectations are from the get-go and be really, really clear about what the role is. And so wherever you choose to advertise it, wherever you choose to reach out to, you just need to be really, really defined about what that looks like, the good and the bad. Obviously, you're not going to go out and go, it's terrible and da-da-da. You're not going to say that. You just need to be realistic. So I remember when I interviewed Talitha, I was very, very honest with her in saying that this is not a photographic role, (laughs) that you won't be taking photos, because I just wanted there to be no gray areas around that. And I think you do need to be super clear about that. Obviously, if you're going to a contractor who is a retoucher, their their sole job is a retoucher and they're working for many other photographers, then you won't need to have that discussion with them. But if you're looking to bring in someone full-time, I think that's really something that you need to be honest about. I think you do need to advertise this role. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know whether necessarily you need to do a paid job like me, but I'm not sure that just reaching out to your social network is always going to produce the best quality applications. I think that you should go to as many different sources as you can. Obviously, you can reach out within photographers' Facebook communities and get recommendations of other retouchers and things like that as well. But if you're looking to bring somebody in on a more permanent capacity like I have, then I think that you really do need to make sure that you're reaching out and casting as wide a net as you can within your community so that you get the most amount of quality applications coming through. Now, one thing that I need you to make sure of is that you have the budget in your costings. I think it's really easy to think that you're just going to replace yourself as an editor and not change your pricing at all and then end up at tax time and go, actually, what the... (laughs) You free up your nights, but you're maybe not necessarily booking more jobs and you might end up kind of out of pocket for this hire. So you need to make sure that your budgeting is right when you're projecting your number of shoots that you're going to get and obviously make sure that you can afford the hire in the first place. And don't do what I do. Don't forget about extra things like tax and lunches and treats and birthdays and all that sort of stuff. Those are added costs that you want to be factoring in so that you can take really good care of your team. And so make sure that you are budgeting for those in your costings and your packages as well. I suggest that you do use some sort of a CRM or project management software. As I mentioned, there's a few free ones that you can use and there are a few that are photography related as well, specific for us, which are fantastic. And so I think If you're not using one already, I would have a look into at least the free versions like Asana or Trello to get started. And then once you get a little bit more, you might look at a more sophisticated system um, and CRM that can manage multiple things for you as well. Now, I'm going to say to you, you need to make sure that you have backup measures and systems for file management. So if you don't have that, if you're kind of like always going looking for your images and you're not sure where to find them, if you can't remember which hard drive they're on and you're scratching your head, oh my gosh, I want to get my hands on your business and show you a system that will save your life. You need to have good file management for this because if you're pushing files around the place, you need to make sure that you can find them easily. Simple places like Dropbox are fantastic, but you, yeah, if you're not doing something like this already in just your own solo workflows, please implement something so that you can find your files easily. Talitha asked me to sort of talk about this and I think this is really important is that a lot of retouches that you might employ 
we'll give you the option of getting a couple of images for free, which is great. So that's an initial trial. But I want you to think of hiring someone in this capacity under a three month trial minimum. So I don't want you to outsource the work and within a week decide that they're not doing exactly what you want. So you'll you'll pull it back and you'll pull back. I've done that. You've done that probably. And it's not conducive to having a long-term working relationship with someone. So I want you to think about the process as a three-month trial. You need to give them feedback. You need to communicate. You need to invest in them and in what you want and, and being clear with your communication around what you want so that they can step up and they can show you what they're capable of doing and show you that they're capable of adapting to what you want. Or perhaps they're not. And that's totally fine too. But unless you've got that sort of to and fro process and you've got that sort of longer time period to make an assessment, you're not going to be able to really, you know, get the best out of each other in that working relationship. So make sure that you've got, you know, a good couple of months in your calendar where you can sort of give a bit of time to be able to give that constructive feedback, give them your attention and be honest in a nice way. Honesty wrapped in a cuddle. with positive affirmations is great because then you will get the most out of each other and it could be a long-term beautiful relationship. And lastly, what I really want to talk about to you is that a lot of my friends in business, and this is not just photographers, a lot of my friends in business think about staff and teams in a negative kind of way a lot of the time that energy can of unappreciativeness can be very detrimental to a good working relationship so what I want you to think about is reframing the way that you think about this hire it's not a hassle it's not like oh god they're not going to do the job that I want they're not going to be able to output what I want they're not no one's good enough no one can do it like I do these if you're hiring a professional they are most likely better at this than what you are I'm going to be honest They may not necessarily know your style at first, but they can definitely adapt if they're the right person and if they're really willing to learn. So be appreciative. Take the time, as I said, and invest, but change your mind about this investment because if you can, it can work beautifully and your business can grow and flourish and you can get back all the time that you're losing right now and all the nights that you might be losing when you're sort of fiddling and fussing with photos. And you can free yourself up, as I said, from the outcomes as well. If you choose to sell online and you can allow and trust another person to come into your business and step by step, you can let go of the control of each step of this process. You can literally get your life back. And you can have a lovely team member in the process too. So I really hope that me sharing this experience with you on an honest level has really helped you to see where the potential missteps can be, but also where the growth and the learning and, you know, the stepping up and becoming a leader in your business and really, you know, freeing yourself up to work on the things like marketing and sales processes and things that will really um, have a positive impact on your bottom line. Now, if you want some more help with this, this is my zone of expertise now. I do love to mentor and teach photographers on a more intimate level so that I can help you to get the most productivity, not only out of your team, but also out of yourself in your business. So if you're interested in having a chat about that, shoot us an email. We'll be opening up the enrollments for that mentoring program 
very shortly and I would love to have you to come and be part of my world on a more intimate level and help you to really grow and prosper in lots of different areas of your business and and bring on team members and implement systems and processes, all the daggy stuff about business that I've now become a complete geek around. So I hope that this has helped you to be able to open up some space in your life to bring in somebody who can take off this massive weight off your shoulder and maybe get you a few more hours keep in your life. I look forward to sharing more of what I know and have learned over the 22 years of my career with you soon. Can't wait to connect with you again. Okay, we can take my Lambo.